0: Welcome to the 26 West Church Sunday Gathering Podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching helps you experience life in Jesus. Uh, Amen. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Uh, That may be a new thing to you, but in the calendar of the life of God's people, we think about Christmas and the coming of the Lord Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary. We think about Easter every year, where Jesus went to Jerusalem, and he suffered on the cross, and he was placed in the tomb. If you go on the trip, you'll see what could be, maybe, it doesn't look exactly like it, but it, it could be the place where Jesus was buried. It's definitely in the vicinity where he was buried. And, and then he rose again. And remember, we've been looking, 50 days later was another feast. He, he dies during the Passover celebration, but there was the Feast of Pentecost where they remembered God provided food, grain, harvest. Everything we eat is a gift from God. But they also remembered God gave them his living food, his word, the Bible. And it's during that celebration. We remembered last week, if you were here, that the Holy Spirit came. Why remember Pentecost? Because we we are reminded that we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're plunged. We're immersed. We're soaked. It's on that day we remember God did not leave us without comfort. He kept his word. And in one act, for the rest of eternity, all of us who follow Jesus would receive the same immersion. We weren't there on the day of Pentecost where the Spirit came. But the moment you put your trust in Christ, this newfound relationship with God, it's, it's because of the life of the living Holy Spirit that you are now alive. So we want to we be baptized in our baptism. God did it the moment we trusted Christ. But what does that mean for us today? What does it look like practically? How do we live in light of Pentecost? Well, today what I want to do is look at a variety of ways. Because when the Spirit came, all sorts of things happened read the rest of the book of Acts. He comes in Acts 2, and then you see the movement of the Holy Spirit in the life of God's people all the way through the end of Acts, all the way through the letters onto the revelation given to us by John. So what we want to do is take the whole story after Acts 2 and look at the big picture today, and that's going to take us to three places. And then next week and then the following weeks, We want to drill down on some very specific things that because the Holy Spirit is here and we now who are trusting in Jesus are immersed in the Holy Spirit, God would want to grow in your life and in our life as Jesus' people, all right? Three places we're going to look at, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4. We'll look at those in turn because we get these glimpses of what happens because Of Pentecost. We'll start with Romans 12, verses um, 5 through 8. Romans 12, verse 5 says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members or parts don't all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all. The others, I'll just stop for a second. When we think about what it means to be a Jesus follower, it is never just you and Jesus. You are a member, you are a part of the big thing that God has brought to life called his people, called the church. And you, my friend, do not belong to you. And that's the cultural war we're having to face. Our Culture says, your life, your vision, your dreams, you do you on your terms. And the good news of Jesus Christ says, that is foolishness that leads to nothingness. You belong to Christ. You belong to the living God. And if you belong to the living God, you have been put in the body. That was not in the notes, but that's a bonus package for those of you who showed up. All right, we have different gifts according to the grace get, uh, God has given to each of us. And then he explains the grace and the gifts. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Now, if your gift is serving, then serve. If your gift is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, give encouragement. If it is giving, give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it Cheerfully. So what we see early on when we think about Pentecost, the coming of the Spirit, the Spirit unites us to Christ, the Spirit unites us to Jesus' body, we are all members of the big thing God's doing around the world, and we have been given these, these things that we could do to build up the body, And they're not the same. So two words I want us to think about. You see the word gift and you see the word grace. Now we're saying this in English uh, because this is our language. The language of the Bible, uh, New Testament, is is in Greek. And actually there's a play on words here and there's a root of one word that strings into another word. And we see gifts as one thing and grace as another. But actually in the words of the Bible, Gift is charismata, and grace is charis, which is the root of charismata. So gift is an extension of grace. God graces. He gives. How does he give? Lots of ways. One of the ways that he graces us is through charismata. And so, uh, by the way, if you missed last week's message, some of this may not make sense. Last week was the foundation. Go back and listen. But we're just going to build on it. So last week, we saw that there are various understandings of what it means to have life in God, life in the Holy Spirit. And last week, I drew out a little nuance, and I want to repeat it. As a local church, uh, we, we show that there is a Catholic understanding, there's a Protestant understanding, and there's a Pentecostal understanding of how someone receives the Spirit, and they're not the same. But in the end, all three agree we receive the Holy Spirit. In our community, we don't embrace a Pentecostal understanding that it is a second event after you start following Jesus. It's totally separate, and it's evidence with speaking in tongues. Now, having said that, though, we do fully embrace that when we receive the Holy Spirit, everything written in Romans 12 is written for our good. So so it may not be a separate, distinct, separate event that's evidenced with one manifestation of God's goodness. but But I want us to be reminded as a community, when you say what God has done in the Holy Spirit, he wants to do in us. So if you're if your charismata is leading, lead diligently. If, if the charismata is giving, give generously. If it's prophesying, if it's whatever it is, do it. Because this is the Spirit working through you. By nature, that understanding is charismatic. The reason I bring it out is words have all sorts of nuances. And we almost like, man, are, are we a charismatic church? The answer is an emphatic Yes, but some see that as a bundle of, whether it's emotionalism or out of control or weird. By the way, that's a stereotype and we all do it. So Protestants have a stereotype of Catholic understanding and Catholics have a stereotype of Pentecostal understanding. We all fall into stereotypes. We need to expose them for what they are. What we want to do is be biblical and Bible people who take the Bible seriously have to take serious the fact that the Spirit has brought us into one body to do all sorts of different things. So we are not going to have the same passions. We're not going to have the same leanings. We're not going to have the same abilities. But it's all grace. It's all charis. It's all gift. And the gift of grace is expressed in various forms. Are you with me? So, so here, Paul doesn't say the Holy Spirit, but he says grace. And we know, if you just keep reading Paul, that the source of grace is the Spirit of God. All right, that's just Romans 12. And you saw there's all sorts of things there. Now turn to the right in your Bible to 1 Corinthians or flip in your app. 1 Corinthians 12, and we want to read the first few verses uh, first eleven verses, same writer expressing to a different church what it means to have Pentecost. All right, um, 1 Corinthians uh, twelve verse one. Oh, by the way, before we do that, one little thought. Sorry, I jumped ahead myself. Here's what I want to see: grace and 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 gifts. They're connected. Catch that. Grace and gifts are connected. That's the thought for a moment. Twelve. It's like, well, I I love God's grace. Well, if you love God's grace, you will embrace that part of his grace is giftedness. And if you belong to Jesus, if you've been given the Spirit, which if you belong to Jesus, you have been given the Spirit, then, then the Spirit is already gracing you, already gifting you. You already have abilities from him for the good of everyone. Okay, now... Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1. It says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. I want to pause for a second. There's a phrase there, gifts of the Spirit. You so you see that, right? Now, it, whenever you go from language to language, you have to translate into the language that you speak concepts from the original language. And in English, in order to get what Paul is actually saying, it takes us a whole phrase, gifts of the Spirit. But the word that Paul uses is simply one word, pneumatikos, which means the spirituals, which impacts how we understand it. Now, about the spirituals, the things that pertain to the Holy Spirit, I don't want you to be uninformed. Formed Now, spirituals, more on that later. Verse two, you know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute you idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one is speaking by the Spirit of God, says, quote, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, about the spirituals, the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to know who Jesus is, and what Jesus has done, if we have said, Jesus, you are the Lord, well, that was, that was grace. The Spirit gave you the ability to see Jesus. But that's not it. Verse four, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord, different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at all work. And here's the point. Now to each one, the spiritual, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. There are different charisma, but it's the same spirit. The spirit is the spirit of grace, charis. He's the spirit of giftedness, charismata. And in the end, the point is never us. This is what we need to see. Romans 12, gifts and grace, they're connected. 1 Corinthians 12, the thrust is never you, never me, never, wow, you should see what I can do. It is always grace, the Spirit who gives for everybody's good. Now, verse 8, To one, there is given through the Holy Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts or spirituals of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. To still another, the interpretation of those tongues, verse 11, all these, all of them, are the work of the one and the same Holy Spirit. And he, not you, he distributes them to each one just as he determines. How do we have a healthy understanding of what it means to experience Pentecost? Pentecost to experience the filling of the Holy Spirit. Well, here's what we need to know. Write this down and please, if you leave with one thought, leave with this one. The Holy Spirit is the gift. The Holy Spirit is the gift. And as we're gonna see in the next couple of weeks, the reason that Paul to this church has to emphasize that, it is easy to replace the center. The center is the Holy Spirit and all that he does, but in practice, it is very easy to replace the spirit as central with me as central, or with you as central, or with us as central. And so here, when we think about what it means to be gifted, it is to simply say, I have the Holy Spirit. And so this is gonna help. Some, for whatever reason, just your background, or just your self-understanding, you've leaned towards, yeah, well, I know God gifts some people, but for whatever reason, and I'm happy with it, I'm, I'm not one of them. Or maybe one day, when I know more, when I grow more, when I have a little more under my belt, so to speak, then God is going to gift me, maybe, maybe not. Or, you know what, I used to really experience giftedness, but for whatever reason, that period of my life is over. All of those things are thoughts, but that's all they are. The reality of it is, and this is what we're supposed to get from this, everything, all that we just read and more, is the working of the one Spirit. And the Spirit gives to everyone for the good of everyone. So, if you are following Jesus, you are gifted. Why? Now, I didn't say you're talented. (laughs) That's for your coach to determine. And may he give you a participation award for showing up. Talents are one thing. This is where human language is important. When I say gift, my immediate thought is, well, I'm gifted at this. I have natural abilities. That is not what Paul's saying. Because everything he's saying is he's saying to Jesus people who already had natural talents before they started following Jesus. Now, God wants to use your natural talents. If you're really good at business and you receive Jesus Christ and you have the Holy Spirit, will that enhance your talents? I hope so. Yeah, I started following Jesus and I became a failure. That's not very helpful. But that's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is the gift is God in you. And when you have God in you, you have to be open the possibility that God wants to work in and through you because that's what God has already chosen to do. So when you think of gifts of the Holy Spirit, although it's clunky in English, it's a good English translation because it's, it's the charis of the Spirit, the charismata of the Spirit, the working of the Spirit. That, that, that's right. But I want you to start thinking it's just the spirituals. The things that the Holy Spirit does in the life of his people, and that, that makes it more normal. So gift is not like I have it. So don't think of something like when you go to a birthday party, they give you gifts. Hopefully they give you gifts. I just prefer cash because um, I know what I want to buy. So why are you going to buy me something that I didn't want? I Just give me the money and I'll buy it. <laughs> Am I the only honest person in this room? <laughs> you thought it. I just said it. Uh, and I'll, I'll do Venmo, I'll do Cash App, I'll, I'll take all of it. Uh, yeah, so don't think gifts like Christmas, birthdays, anniversaries, gifts, because those are presents. It's like, oh, wow, I got a box of prophecy. Thank you, Lord, you know. Oh, look at that, a pallet of healing, that's amazing. Uh, look at my gift, look what I've got, look what I do. That's not the point. Because verse seven says, to each one, the manifestation, the the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit is given for the common good. So whenever we are used by God in any way, we gotta remember the source of that is God. The point of it is God. The purpose of it is God in someone else. And the blessing is God has chosen to include us. So when we see brokenness, We actually invite God to bring healing. When we don't know what to do, we invite God to bring wisdom. We invite God to bring knowledge. It's why Paul says that the spirit expresses his presence in a variety of ways. So no capes, no superpowers. It's simply the presence of God. Now, I will say though, this is what Paul is gonna explain. And this is like, helpful understanding, very often God will have patterns of working in our lives that are different from someone else's pattern. And that's beautiful. So some of you, when you hear the word prophecy, it just makes you cringe and or mystified or, wow, that's like a a superpower gift. And I would like the superpowers. I said it before, when I was a kid, though, I, I prayed to God that I would become Spider-Man. Like I was in the like third grade, and at night I just prayed, God, give me the gift of climbing walls. And I, I envisioned myself climbing the walls into my school and just looking down on everyone saying, So, you know, here I am. Because I wanted, I wanted abilities. And now I've matured a little more. Although my obsession with you giving me money. I guess I, guess I haven't matured. But um, no, I, I see it differently now. These are not like superpowers. This is just, if God is there, something should happen, right? And, and, and this is a helpful thing for us and we'll drill in the next three weeks. If we don't expect when we come together, something is not wrong with God, something is wrong with us. If God is real, And if God is good, and if God is alive, and if he sent his presence, and if the Holy Spirit is living in all of us, why in the world would we not expect him to do stuff? What's happened to us? See, the reality of it is our thinking will infect our living. And when we begin to think like God thinks, when we recognize the Spirit is here and now and with us, And when we think that God can do anything through anyone at any time that he wants to, that makes us all candidates to be useful to God in a way that honors God and blesses the most people possible. Okay, so Romans 12, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, and now go to the end of 1 Corinthians 12 because you get something different. At the end of 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28 says this, now you collectively are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now, we'll get to his answer because his answer may surprise you next week. Uh, Now, eagerly desire the greater gifts. Now, all I want us to notice here is what he gives is two different things at the same time. Uh, First, he gave us these little things that he does in Romans 12. Then he gives us things that he does in 1 Corinthians 12. But now he says, these are ways people serve. So God empowered healing, but now he says in the church, he's empowering apostles and prophets and others in the church. And then he lists out different ways he empowers people. One more list, Ephesians 4, and I'm done with the lists until I give you one more list. Because <laughs> that's what I do. All right, set you up and then do it. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers, why? To equip these people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until so we all reach unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So the Spirit manifests or expresses his presence through things that he does and ways that he uses people. And I want us to notice there are some similarities and there are some differences. So God works in people. God works in apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. The point of the list, though, if you're getting flooded with like, okay, which, list is, which is in each list? Which is not? Which is mentioned once? Which is mentioned four times? By the way, I want to tell you in a moment, so don't have to worry. But the point of all the lists is that you are useful. That's the point of the list. You're in the list, I'm in the list, we're in the list. And the point is that we need each other. I am not the church. And by the way, me and my five best friends are not the church. We collectively are the church. Now, when you're with your five friends, you are a portion of the church, right? You are a part of God's people. But everyone who calls on Jesus together is the church. And you are an important part of it. And by the way, your place really matters. So none of these lists though are identical and none are meant to be exhaustive. So one more slide of lists. get out your phone. You do not want to write this down. It will hurt you. Take a photo and meditate on it later. Ready? It's up there. Poof. Oh, it appeared. And it's in really small font because I wanted it to be on one slide. Um, so just zoom in. So Romans 12, prophecy, servant, teaching, encouragement, giving, leading, mercy. First Corinthians 12, a lot. Ephesians 4, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher If you compile the lists, you have 20 different expressions because the one thing on all four lists is prophets or prophecy. More on that next week. You see tongues, miracles, teaching, apostles, and healing in two out of the four, but they're not identical. And the point is not to, hey, Corinth, you have this list. Rome, you have this list. Ephesus, you have this list. No. As a matter of fact, the more people have thought about this, there's not even clarity that this is an exhaustive list. There may be other things not on these lists. Uh, The point is that we need one another and we want to grow in our usefulness to God for the good of others. The point of the spirituals is I have the Holy Spirit You have the Holy Spirit, and I want the Spirit to work through me for your good. And here's the other part. I'm leaning on you. I'm counting on you to be attuned to what the Spirit is doing because God has graced you for my good. I need you. You need me. Three implications of this. And then I want all of us to respond Um, If you were here last week, it was beautiful to see people responsive to what God is doing. And what the point of this whole series, and we're in week 26 of this, half a year, was to bring us to this place where we recognize that the Holy Spirit is always among us because he is in us. And the Holy Spirit is always wanting to work for our common good. So... We're we're adjusting how we do the gathering and how we respond. And I'm inviting you again today, if God is moving in your life, to respond to his leading, to respond to his moving every time we gather, if he's doing something in your soul, when worship is happening, the sides are open, and our prayer team, unlike what we've done in the past, that have, you know, you have a conversation, here's what I want to pray, and you discuss it, and you pray for it. We're saying that's good and important, and we will do that at times. But actually, we just want to leave space for the Spirit of God to work and move in your life. So when worship opens up, and the sides are opened up, and prayers opened up, our prayer team, all they're doing is they're praying for you right now, by the way, your prayer team is praying for you right now, that as you respond, and they'll come by, and simply gently lay a hand and just pray blessing over what God is already doing in your world. We just wanna grow in our ever-increasing responsiveness to God. And by the way, don't underestimate small responses. When you crack open the window to say, God, I want you to move in this area of my life, he floods us with his goodness. But those who will not respond in small ways of obedience should not anticipate God zapping it into them. He loves a humble and contrite heart. It's what he loved about King David. If you read the story of King David, he was not as powerful as everyone else. But you know what God loved about him? He humbly came before God. He was open he was responsive. And even when he sinned, he was quick to recognize his sin and come clean. and say, God, oh, renew a right spirit within me. And God would say of David, this is a man after my own heart. So we want to grow in becoming people after God's own heart. Three implications of this. And then we just want to invite whatever response you need to make, whether it's standing in your place and raising your hands, whether it's walking forward as a sign of, God, I'm actively pursuing you. There's nothing magical between that chair and this empty space. Nothing. You say, well, well, can't God just touch me where I am? Yeah, but he wants to push you. Because when we wanna look pretty and all together, we're usually more closed to his movement. But when we open our souls to God's moving he floods us. Three things. One, remember that the Holy Spirit is the gift. It takes the pressure off of us, it takes the pressure off of his people. And the idea of a Christian celebrity is an oxymoron because the Holy Spirit's the gift. You're not the gift. And by the way, many gifted people that are publicly seen need to be careful about the way the spirit is working in their life. Because frankly, if it's not him animating and working through you, you have Jack to share. So there's no such thing as a Christian celebrity. There's just Jesus followers. And we ought to to put the right emphasis on the center and that's the spirit. Second thing is we participate with the Holy Spirit in accordance with our faith. So he says to the church at Rome, if it's prophesying, prophesy in accordance with your trust. Which means, this is the good news. You can grow in your trust. You can grow in your understanding. You can grow in your experience. You can be used a little now, but grow in that. You should have heard the first message I ever gave to our youth group when I was 16 years old. It was all passion and zero substance. But 100% passion. I spit on everybody twice. It was passion, passion, passion. I still remember it. And it was about David being a man after God's own heart. And that was God's prompting in my life. And I was open to it. And I asked our youth pastors, like, I feel like I have a message to share. Like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, like, you should do it. And they worked with me. And and I did it. And it was in accordance with my faith. I knew little but that can grow and that's a good word for us to remember. So just, can I just say this as a side, but it's an important side because we have multiple categories of people. Some in our community, uh, based on the trajectory of your Jesus background, you've been told for a long time, everything Paul's uh, written here was written for the early Jesus movement. It was written until the Bible was given. Those things don't happen today. And that's one way to view the Bible. I I don't agree with it. It's not in line with the whole of Scripture. You never see anywhere in the actual Bible God not doing what he's always done. You don't see it ever. And it's actually not in line with Christian history where God has always been moving. But that is a real understanding. So here's my loving word to you. Remain open. Remain open in accordance with your faith. And your faith might be very little little to even believe that God wants to use you in any way. That's okay. He meets us where we're at. Just remain open. Others of you, you're like, man, I've been waiting for you to get to this, Jose, because I'm ready to zap people. I just say to you, calm down. You don't zap anybody. I don't zap anybody. No zapping! Only... Humble, I'm available. I'm available to you. You're available to me. So to be charismatic does not mean hype. To be filled with the Spirit and used by God does not mean weird. It means available, useful, open, humble, and sometimes you know, we get overexcited and we love one another. We hug and buy me a coffee and I'll forgive you. You know, it's, just, it's we just we just work through it. And we remember, most of us emphasize the most spectacular expressions. But you know what we overlook? I want you to see this one. Teaching is seen as a wow gift. Wow, he's a teacher. Wow, healing, prophecy, wow. Like, we need them. In the same sentence, Those with the gift of serving. Can you serve someone else because God has been gracious to you? That is charismatic. You say, Serious? Mercy. Can you show mercy to people who maybe don't deserve mercy? Mercy to people that you're frustrated with? Can you, by the Spirit, provide avenues for them to know that God is merciful. That's a gift. How about this one? This is this is a wow gift. Helping. <laughs> Can you help someone because God has been gracious to you? Guidance, words of wisdom. We look at the spectacular and God says, oh kids, grow up. I just love everybody and I give through people the way I want to give. So if you're desiring a spectacular gift, uh, be prepared not to receive it. Because that God's not interested in, in you rising up as a superstar. But the third thing is we embrace the variety of ways the Holy Spirit works through us. So that's what we want to remember. We embrace Everyone here is useful and available. So in what ways do you see the Spirit working in you? Uh, By the way, (laughs) it's right on your guide, on purpose. What we wanna do is in our groups this week, we wanna talk about how have you seen the Holy Spirit working in your life? And that simply could be like, you know what? I find that because of Jesus, helping people is become a higher priority in my life. That's the Holy Spirit. Or I wanna pass on things that I'm learning about Jesus. Oh, that could be gifts of teaching, fantastic. And in what ways would you like to be used? And that's not selfish. Look, it is the Holy Spirit who draws on us desires to love people. So do I wanna be used in more ways than I have in the past? Absolutely, yes, I do. And I hope you do as well. But the goal is not like to be known for like multi-talented, you know, decathlete, spirit-filled Christian. No, that, that, that doesn't help anyone. It's just like, if there's more help needed, I wanna be more helpful, which by the way, is the reason why all of our staff team has no problem taking out the trash on purpose. Um, because Holy Spirit giftedness doesn't preclude us from throwing away your garbage. Because it's all grace, it's all gift, it's all from Him, all right. Well, let's let's um let's respond. Some of you, you've been useful in the past, but for whatever reason, busyness, COVID, absenteeism, whatever it is, you've shrunk back from actively wanting to be engaging with God's people and using the way God's wired you and empowered you. I'm gonna invite you to respond as a way of saying, God, here I am, I'm available, i want to be used by you. You've never thought about being used or serving or whatever. I want you to respond, say, the Holy Spirit, I'm available, my heart is open, I, I want. Or just maybe God's nudging you for something that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, fantastic. We wanna, again, live into an ongoing response to God, And my prayer is that church for you is not an experience where you sit and receive, but church gatherings are where you come ready to give, like ready to give, whatever it is. And when you have need in your life, ready to receive. But if everyone came here with a posture of, I'm coming to the gathering because I know God has put things in me for the common use, then, man, this would be a different place. If we live this way, it would be a different world. Thank you for listening to this episode of our Sunday Gathering podcast. To learn more about 26 West Church, please visit our website at 26westchurch.org.